welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. This week, I am joined by Bergen Anderson, founder and primary clothier of Lillibarn Clothing, and Chrissy Callahan, owner, designer, and printer of Earth Cadets. Lillibarn makes thoughtful, durable products for adventurous kids of all ages that create room for individuality, reflect our considered values, and last from one person to the next. They value self-expression, especially when it comes to gender, and offer adaptable prints, colors, and patterns for everyone who loves to stand out. Sustainably made with organic textiles and with a Scandinavian sensibility. Earth Cadets is a company committed to creating unique, hand-printed home goods and clothing for the whole family while respecting our environment. All Earth Cadets products are designed and hand-screen printed in Chicago by Chrissy Callahan using eco-friendly water-based inks and incorporating organic and recycled materials wherever possible. Hello, Bergen. Hi, Chrissy. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. It's a beautiful morning. It's not 70 degrees and it's also not 30 degrees. So I'll take it. It's, it's a crispy fall morning. Right. I'm sure this afternoon it'll be like 85 degrees. Sure. But and then it'll snow tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. But it just <laughs> keeps us on our toes. Oh, Chicago. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm glad to have you both here today. And if we have a lot to talk about, and of course, I always start with getting a little more background past the the intro that everyone get to hear. So Bergen, why don't we start with you? Can you give us the lowdown on Lillibarn, which I believe is a Swedish phrase, correct? It is. And I apologize to all of the native Swedish speakers. It is not grammatically correct, <laughs> uh, but it's cute and it's pronounceable by Americans. In theory, it means little child. And I started my company when I was pregnant with my oldest kid, which is now 13 years ago. And I couldn't find the baby clothes that I wanted. We knew we were having a girl and I didn't want, you know, pink and frilly. And that works for a lot of people, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. And I've always been a maker. I grew up sewing. And so I just started making baby clothes. And then I just didn't stop. (laughs) So, you know, the business has grown organically, which has been lovely. And as of last year, I finally moved my studio outside of my home, which my family is very thankful for, and was able to open up a retail space in Andersonville. So I like to say that I design and make since I do most of the making, you know, clothes for babies and kids and grownups that are fun and joyful and thoughtful and easy to wear and easy to take care of. And of course, we'll definitely talk about it more, but you walk past Lillibarn and the first thing you see is the colors. It's an explosion of colors. Yes, it's the perfect way of putting it. Explosion of color and patterns. Yeah. So is your daughter the model for the test model for all of your clothing or was the test model for all of your clothing? Yes. So my my child is now non-binary, but they were the model for a long time. And then I joked that when they got too old, I had to have another baby so that (laughs) baby could model. And then, of course, I told Chrissy to have a baby so her baby could model. So then I had one. It's true, you know, <laughs> populate the world. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes, they uh, they wore Lillibarn for as long as they would allow me to dress them. <laughs> so are they still wearing Lillibarn clothing? Oh, no. <laughs> no. But sometimes uh, they were Earth Cadets. There you it's go. It's true. It's true. So we just graduated them into 
Yes. And then you'll Earth move Cadets. on. They'll move on to the adult Lillibarn and Earth Cadets clothing. Yes. Well, wonderful. Chrissy. Uh, oh, and uh, Bergen, you lived in Sweden too, correct? I did. So I lived in Sweden in a long time ago now in 1997. Technically, I was an exchange student, but I was done with high school already. So it was like a plus year. So I went to school, but it was mostly like a cultural exchange. <laughs> Um, but I wouldn't be who I am now without that year. So I came back, uh, studied Swedish in college at Gustavus Adolphus, taught Swedish for five summers at Hörlunen, Swedish language village up in Minnesota, ran a Nordic theater company. So like, it's in my blood. Was there a large cultural influence in your family growing up? Some. My dad's parents were American-Norwegian and my mom's parents were American-Swedes. And so we would say, you know, anglicized Norwegian prayers that, you know, now sound like nonsense. But, you know, <laughs> I can piece together the... So, yeah, it was it was very uh, Midwest Scandinavian, yeah. which I learned is very different from living in Sweden and being, you know, from the Nordic countries. But you're connected to your culture. Totally. Yeah, that's great. I like, we like to hear, especially coming from Scandinavia, if someone's mm-hmm. coming from a Scandinavian background and mm-hmm. works or lives in Andersonville or both mm-hmm. to have that, that yeah. recognition there. That's yeah. great. So, Chrissy, Bergen gave us the lowdown on Lillibarn. Can you give us the down low on Earth Cadets? Yeah, absolutely. So, I moved to Chicago in 2004 and wound up pursuing theater after and uh, got a corporate job at the same time and was really looking for creative outlets, but found that theater with a corporate job wasn't really working out for me in terms of hours (laughs) and commitment. And I also always just, I needed that creative outlet. And I wound up taking screen printing at Little Street here in Chicago. And I had always had an obsession with doodling, drawing things on um, t-shirts, puffy painting. I was a child of the 90s and puffy painted probably every uh, sweatshirt, sweatsuit that I possibly could. So did um, you get into gel pens too? Oh, for we sure. Had, we had Tyler from Paper and Pencil on, and we were talking about favorite pens of the oh, of the decades, pens. and gel pens were everything. everywhere. They were so incredible and coveted. Yeah. Like you. Oh no, you didn't lend someone your no. gel pens. You weren't going to get them back. No, you kept them in the case, and they were <laughs> not for lending out. Yeah, I just, I loved sort of like a, a doodling expression, but I'm in no way what I would consider like an, an artist. I'm, I'm very self-taught in my exploration. So I wound up taking the Lil Street class for intro to screen printing. And then I was a little sneaky and I took another intro to screen printing class with a different <laughs> instructor. And then I took another intro to screen printing <laughs> class with a different instructor. And my hope was to sort of glom onto everything that they could give me, all of the teaching. And I was like, okay. I could do this. Um, My boyfriend had a home here in Andersonville and he had a basement where he had opened a recording studio and had space. And I was like, how about we try our hand at building out a screen printing studio? And so we dumpster dove for materials. And after hours, no, not hours, days, months (laughs) of trial and tribulation, I finally got my first burn, which is basically how you uh, successfully prepare a screen for printing. And from there, I just was unstoppable in <laughs> in like a uh, just so excited, so fueled by this new knowledge and being able to do it on my own. And from there, Earth Cadets was born. Yeah. Well, and you know, you say dumpster diving, and I love that also just because, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, a huge part of Earth Cadets is the clothing being made from recyclable materials. And you say water-based inks as eco-friendly as possible. So I'm curious, 
how did that become sort of the mission of Earth Cadets? I mean, is what's the difficulty in achieving that For goal? Because sure. I would wonder, you know, sometimes uh, we can approach these things to be as eco-friendly as possible. And it can be hard to find substitutions for the for the 100%. things that people would normally like plastics or fibers. So I'm I'm curious how that came about and what the process was like for figuring that out. So initially, when I first started Earth Cadets, I was going to make tote bags. So oh my I, god, I always need more tote bags. Doesn't everyone? Yeah. Everyone needs so tote imagine bags. so that we're talking bags. 2008. So this was like the dawn of like removing plastic bags from especially in Chicago from grocery stores and and places like that. And I was talking to my dad and he was like, let's think of ways that we can set your business apart. There's hundreds of screen printing companies, like what would make you unique? And I was like, what if I screen printed on totes and they were like hundred percent organic and we really like leaned into how can we make this business a little bit different and be responsible. And there were so many like initial names that we came up with that were like very tote focused. <laughs> like I think at one point I was like tater totes. <laughs> Or, well, that's great for the Midwest. Right? Midwesterners love their tater tots. But really would have pigeonholed me into just only offering totes or tomatoes was another one. So we we're really, I love a pun. <laughs> love a pun. Um, so from there, it was just also the start of companies providing organic-based materials for printing, which really you weren't able to find. Like if you were to work with big suppliers of t-shirts and most of those materials are not organic or they don't offer organic findings. So it was a challenge in the beginning and it's still a little bit challenging to find organic or I've been able to find and source plastic bottle recycled materials. And sometimes we just have 100% cotton materials. Yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, Bergen, you know, working with Chrissy and Chrissy's, you know, designs and Chrissy's man- uh, way of designing clothes kind of complemented you completely. Yeah. But I imagine that was sort of like a match made in heaven in terms of what your goals were from the get-go. Because, I mean, sustainable clothing was something you wanted to do from the beginning with Lola Barn, I assume. It was, especially with small batches. And I think one thing that we both have in common is that we provide information. There's no silver bullet. There's no like organic cotton is the best. Polyester is bad. Like there are pros and cons with everything. And so I think for both of us, it's providing the information so people can make choices based on their own values, but with the goal being to be as responsible and sustainable as possible. Did either of you have any um, knowledge or experience with sustainability or uh, recycling eco-friendly practices before you started these these businesses? Like, is that something you really had to educate yourselves on to start making clothing in a way that was sustainable? Not really. I mean, aside from like, you know, as we're talking more and more about the environment through school and education, like that sort of knowledge that we're learning in in high school about, you know, how important recycling is and, and I, things like that, I had to inform myself and I'm still forever learning. And like Mm -hmm. Bergen said, there's no silver bullet. There is no perfect material. And I think our commitment is to do things responsibly and to think about what we are purchasing, what we are making and how we are reusing to the best of our abilities. I think that's essential. I think so often we will find ourselves reusing boxes or packaging or just just small little things that you can do as a person or a business and that can make like the tiniest tiniest payback for our earth and that's that's the best that we can be doing at this point mm-hmm. 
And I feel like it's sort of, it changes, right? It's sort of like eggs, you know, eggs are bad, eggs are good. <laughs> we want eggs, don't eat eggs, you know? Um, it's like the Atkins diet. Exactly. It's the best thing in the world until it's not. Until it's not. And it's like <laughs> conventional cotton is the devil. It takes so many, you know, it takes so many chemicals and it's terrible on the earth. And then also like, well, let's compare it to fabrics that are made out of plastic and, you know, cotton is biodegradable. And so it, we go in waves, right? And so it's figuring out how, how we can work in those waves with the knowledge that we have. And we're always learning too. Well, and I imagine, is it difficult to keep up with those trends in terms of, so what, my, my next question was going to be, do you find that shoppers can tell the difference between the clothing, either it being more comfortable or more, you know, I think a lot of people, and we talk about things like plastics, a lot yeah. of people have developed a lot of allergies to lots of types of clothing and materials used. And I imagine having something that is one, homemade, but also has more agreeable materials is actually more beneficial for the customer. Can you find people tell, can tell the difference? I have found that it's often more important to my customers if the baby clothes are organic. Right. And I mean, that was coming, you know, into the public when I was having babies too, you know, organic baby clothes. There's a lot of shaming when it comes to parenting. And like, if you don't want the best for your baby, then you're a terrible parent. So like, Parents who don't need organic baby clothes are also good parents, just for the record. <laughs> um, but we have lots of grandparents who come in and they're like, what is this made out of? You know, my daughter only wants organic baby clothes. And so, and that's where the the knowledge base comes in too, where if I have something that's not organic, I can say like, well, this is linen and this is super sustainable. Or, you know, this is conventional cotton, but it has been made with zero pesticides and, you know, all of these things. So... People do always talk about how soft everything is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes through. Yeah. I mean, maybe we all are particular about how our clothes feel, but to have that, that soft hand that often comes with organic materials, it just, it's a lot easier to dress a child when they're like, yeah, I'll put that on because it feels nice on my body rather right. than I'm not going to like force this button down on you or mm -hmm. like, here's an itchy sweater. The kids really have an opinion, which you can get frustrating as you try to dress them i say as my son went out in the same pants he's worn for three days well if they're comfortable you know, I, exactly no hard pants no hard and pants they're not naked yeah <laughs> and i have a preteen yeah. so you know if they're comfortable and not naked i don't care yeah and they also have sensory issues so like as long as they're dressed it's a win it's a win, it's a win. historically preteens are like the best age for for you know Surliness. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll say that. That's a good way of putting it. So I want to hear about your partnership and how that developed. But just to bounce off, just because we've been talking about sustainability, uh, this came to mind. Is it as a small business owner, what is it like finding your uh, sources for obtaining those materials? I mean, we talk a lot these days about not just the expense of them, but the rarity of them. And that as time has gone on, especially since COVID, they've become more rare, more expensive, and it can be difficult to find those materials in a way that's also viable for you. So I'm, are they, do you, do you try and find as much local as you can? And you know, where do you, where are you finding these things? Often it's a diamond in the rough, honestly, at least in the very, very beginning, for sure. Um, as I was searching for t-shirts to print, especially as we were moving into more organic bases in like 2008, 2009, there were a lot of companies that I started working with that no longer exist. So just the supply chain alone and just being able to depend on 
quality, consistency, it's very tricky. And it, it's a lot of brain power and computer time and research and collaborating with other makers and not being a gatekeeper, I think, when it comes to finding that yeah. information and being open to sharing that. I think that's something that Bergen and I have worked really well on together. And while we offer different products because we have the same mindset of searching for sustainable materials or really looking for those suppliers that can give us like the quality, the sustainability that we're looking for, it's really helpful to be able to bounce that off of one another and and find those type of suppliers. Oftentimes they are not US-based. There are a couple US-based companies that I've worked with that do offer organic materials, but I feel like we're just searching the world for the best quality that also is environmentally checking all of our blocks. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And I think, I mean, I think that's education in itself is, you know, people wonder, what are we paying for? Well, you're paying for the fact that we have done all of this research and we continue to look for, you know, quality materials that are what we want to use, but also helpful to the earth and not harmful, especially fabric. Lillibarn is moving more towards exclusively printed material. Mm -hmm. So custom printed material, which Chrissy designs as our in-house designer, which we can talk about in a bit. But that means that I've tried out probably 10 plus printers, fabric printers, companies that print on fabric. And they're all different. So they're all sourcing from different places. The quality of the prints are all different. The quality of the fabric is all different. And so finding one that works. Right now, I found a really lovely printer that we use for um, the stretchy fabric. So it's organic cotton spandex blend. And it's milled in the United States and it's printed in Pennsylvania and it's organic and we can get it often. And it's moderately priced. I mean, there's you're never gonna find the perfect product. But again, I can only use that resource for one type of fabric. So then it's finding different printers and different manufacturers for different substrates. So, right, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. But you know, one thing that I find that people love about small businesses and small business owners and that small business owners love is that, you know, I, I appreciate that you mentioned that there are pros and cons to every aspect of what you can get. And I think what people appreciate is when they can walk into your store and ask, okay, can you explain the pros and cons? Can you give me, can you educate me on this? Because for a lot of these other big businesses, you walk in and you say, what's the difference between these two? And they're like, well, that one's this much money and that one's this much money. So, I mean, if someone walked into Lillibarn or contacted Earth Cadets and wanted to, wanted you to give them some information on these things, you could educate them. You could provide them that insight. 100%. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can speak to where things are made and what they're made out of and are they made locally or overseas. And and I think just to have that knowledge as a proprietor and to be able to give that information to your customers, I think that's very powerful, very valuable, because that also gives them the knowledge to pass on and be continue that mindfulness, like of hopefully planting that seed that like, maybe, maybe we do know where our clothes are coming from, or maybe we do know the components and we can all work together to understand that maybe if it is organic and manufactured in India versus 100% just regular cotton manufactured in the US, we can weigh those both of those pros and cons mm -hmm. and see like, what is the difference and work from there. I think it's just, it's truly just about being mindful, yeah. like mindful consumerism in a way, like mindful shopping, mindful purchasing. Yeah. yeah. 
It's something that we're having conversations with with my oldest child who just would prefer to buy everything on Amazon. And so, you know, there is a time and place for buying things on Amazon, just like I think there is a time and place for buying fast fashion. You know, there there are ways to work it into our lives, but it's very interesting having conversations with my kid about like, okay, well, let's talk about where this is made, who's made it, what it's made out of, and then you can make decisions based on what you think is important to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is such a benefit of any small business, is any small business is going to be able to tell you these things. And that's why it's so much, it's so important to, to support those people because there is that mindfulness there. And I think as a person who's worked at a number of small businesses, I'm not I can comfortably speak for people when when I say that small business owners and people that work at them love telling you about this stuff. It's not an imposition for you to come in and say, tell me where every piece of this 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 piece of clothing came from. Right. Because we've worked so hard to to select that that provider, that item that we it's like, you know, these are our little babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to tell you all about them. You Do you want to see pictures? Do you want to see pictures of my babies? Uh-huh. You can dress your little babies <laughs> yes. with our little uh-huh. babies. Um, so yeah, you know, and I, so going into your partnership, because I love when we get to do these sort of double small business interviews, because, you know, we get to hear from the owners about their businesses, but we also get to explore how these partnerships came to be. And Andersonville as a community, the chamber, especially, you know, we're very focused on trying to help small businesses build partnerships together. So I'd love to hear about how you found each other and how this partnership came to be and how it's also evolved each of your businesses separately. Just the fact, just working together. Absolutely. We found one another and we are so lucky to have done so. It's true. Through theater. <laughs> Through theater. Basically. basically the ultimate connector. I mean, it's like Kevin Bacon. It connects everyone. Everyone is a theater person. Everyone is a theater. Yeah, we probably would find out that all three of us have done a play together at some oh, yeah. time and just I would forgot. Imagine. Yeah. 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 We were just, we are also participated in the local maker community. So mm-hmm. we did a couple shows together and I think I was aware of Lillibarn and I knew that Bergen's aesthetic, I would see like across a, like a room in a, like a big event for a show. And I'd be like, I got to get over there at some point. That is beautiful. That is stunning. And then we met and then happened to be makers and also happened to be theater kids. And mm-hmm. from there, we just mutual friends into- brought us together. Yeah. I had the biggest business crush on Chrissy. <laughs> Before we were friends, I was like, she is smart and she makes beautiful things and she's doing everything right. And that's what I want to do. And because we were doing like show of hands and renegade and all of those things. And so when a mutual friend sort of brought us together socially it was like oh yeah <laughs> it's real it's, it's happening you know meet cute and everything I, it, was. Exactly. it was i have a really lovely memory of meeting bergen for the first time or just a, a memory of her holding joe her child with their long dangly legs and we were doing like a tour of a show of hand space and i just thought it was like so badass that this woman had brought this child with her and she's like doing her business and she's doing the thing. And she's like, I thought it was really incredible. So that's like a lovely first memory I have of Bergen before I knew Bergen. (laughs) I remember coming up to you once at a show of hands before we had met socially and being like, so I'm friends with Brooke Allen and I know you're friends with Brooke Allen. So I just wanted to say hi. I was so nervous. (laughs) So we should probably be friends. So we should probably be friends. And then we And continue setting up your event space. 
I'm curious because, you know, I always love when business owners or artists can give some sort of can give some advice to others. But you've mentioned show of hands twice now and I'm not familiar with it. So, I mean, if this is I imagine it's uh, tell me a little bit about it, because I'd love to it's if it's the sort of thing that other artists in the city or business owners can look into to to start their businesses or showcase their work. I love getting those out there. Well, funny you mention it. It's happening this week. (laughs) When does this episode air? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Show of hands. So started by a woman, Emily Wentz, and she is a local maker and she was also a shop owner. She had a shop, Orange Beautiful, that was right by the Damon Brown Line stop for seven or eight years. And she's really committed to bringing makers together in a super, I want to say like professional capacity. Like it's not... Not your grandma's craft show or like, it's sort of like move over Amazon. I don't know. There's there's a really cute tagline that she's used before that really encapsulates the vibe of show of hands. And so it's a three-day event. It happens usually right before Thanksgiving. For a while, it was happening in Ravenswood. It's currently happening in Avondale, I think. The Color it? Club. The Color Club for this November iteration of it. Um, I've It's its 10th year running, and it also might be 10 or 10th. Plus, I mean, COVID, what did we do? Did we just... Do we count know. Do we what, count that? Do we what, count? What was time during I know. COVID? I, I, yeah, I think that's where it's like, is it actually 13 years and now 10 years? I'm not quite sure. Those but three it's years been, don't count. Yeah, those three years <laughs> do not count. But it's been going on for a really, for a long time. And that was where Bergen and I initially first met. And we've also done other shows together, like um, Renegade Craft Fair, One of a Kind. One of a Kind. As a maker, building a business in Chicago... This is one avenue of getting your work seen is like the higher end craft fair. And craft fair isn't, is, you know, it makes you think of like knitted coasters. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, yeah. And, yeah. But it's not necessarily like a, it's not an art, it's not a fine art festival yeah. or fair. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of hard. Maker. Yeah. Maker's event. Maker's market. Yeah. 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 And so there, there are a number of these events. And I think Emily with a show of hands, she is such a, fierce supporter of local and handmade and all of the values that that encompasses. And so Show of Hands has been one of my favorite events because she is so dedicated to bringing these makers to the public and sharing them and promoting them. And yeah, it's a, it's a really fun event. Yeah. And championing, championing them forward. Yeah. Um, and also really driving home why it is important to shop mm-hmm. local. So Good. I think, yeah. you know, that's that's critical to keep in mind, especially this holiday season, as we are out there looking for things for holiday gifts. It's very important to shop local. <laughs> um, so, all right. So you sort of solidified your, your relationship through those and mutual friends. How long have you been working together now? In a loose capacity, we've been like, I think, business besties yeah for like eight years for for eight years and in a in a capacity in which we could like bounce things off one another and really like help one another support one another um because there's a whole lot to navigate Mm -hmm. when you are a small business especially like i'm not business minded i'm not a business person i did not take any business (laughs) i mean this we're theater kids Just I have no cannot cannot overstate enough. I have enough. no business not being in show business. Oh. I'm in this business. I'm now business. <laughs> <Anything goes. laughs> but I I think when 
we started figuring out how we can work together. And maybe that's collaborations. And I have found, and I don't know if, if you feel like this, every single time I have collaborated with another business, my business has grown. Mm-hmm. And I think I really believe in collaboration over competition. There is enough business for everybody. We both make kids clothes. They're different. And they look yeah. really cute and together. And they look really cute together. Well, and see, that's one thing I love that in, with Andersonville that a lot of the business owners also say is that I wanted to ask, is your industry also a tight-knit community in Chicago? Because, I mean, that you said offering sources and uh, sharing information with people. And it's so nice to hear when you have these local vendors who are willing to support each other as opposed to just see each other as competitors. And I would love to highlight that something that Bergen offers in the shop is an artist in residence program. And just Charlie, by you saying that, I've, I've thought about, um, and this woman's name, her name is Andrea Green, and she does beautiful block printed textiles. And she is physically carving the blocks in the back of Bergen's shop. And when I've been working in the shop, I've talked with Andrea about sourcing things. And it just feels like, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, we all just want to help one another Mm -hmm. succeed because Mm -hmm. we understand the mindset. Mm -hmm. So there really is that collaboration of working together and sort of championing, say that (laughs) word. You're Um, doing it. Thank you. And moving forward. And I'm sure Bergen can speak more about the artist in residence program that she offers. But I think that's just an awesome example of really working together to sort of achieve an end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's grown out of the maker community as well. There are a couple of other designers and makers who make grown-up clothes. Sophia Reyes is one and uh, Kate from Wolfka. They make grown-up clothes. They're beautiful. They're well-made. We talk to each other about, you know, how are you getting these things? Where are you sourcing? Who's helping you make? I'm at a point now where I need help sewing. And so I reached out to Kate from Wolfka and I was like, listen, I need help sewing. What what do you got for me? And she sent me this huge long email while she was on vacation about the sewist that she uses and here are some other resources and do I need a cutter and all of these things. And it's it's such a beautiful gift of generosity when you can connect with other business owners in that way. And I think that that only helps us all grow. If aspiring makers, artists, uh, that are looking to maybe, like you said, you you know you not, you weren't business minded to start. I'm sure you are now. It seems like you I'm are. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. But um, aspiring makers want to try and break into this as uh, with their creativity. You know, you're someone that would be able to offer some insight in getting that started. Is that something you know something you'd be able be willing to do for others? Is talk to them and and help them set like figure out what their path is and just set their goals. Oh, for sure. I think that's something that's also so beautiful is to see someone in the beginning of their journey. I think we're just sort of like 10 years into our journey. So we're still learning and growing and to be able to help someone or maybe expedite someone's journey a little bit by not having them go down one path and providing them some resources. I love to nerd talk about screen printing. So I get (laughs) really, really excited Mm -hmm. when anyone asks me screen printing questions. Mm -hmm. I like to talk about just the, the shows that we've done and, and how we can help foster someone yeah. to go down the same path because it's really fun. It's also really, really, really hard, but it's also really fun. And our experience is going to be different than the people who are starting off now. Like oh, when sure. we were, you know, 10 years ago, what do you do? You start an Etsy page. Yeah. 
and then you make millions of dollars and then <laughs> and you quit your day job and there you are. And yes, and you know Etsy has changed quite a bit and so have all of these various e-commerce platforms. And let me tell you, I like to nerd out by talking about e-commerce platforms. <laughs> these are the people we've become. I know. I know my husband is a magician with spreadsheets. I like e-commerce platforms. But yeah, I think it's it's a way that we can all help each other. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, can then can you tell me? We, I was going to touch on this later, but then um, since we brought it up, can you tell me a little bit about your residency program? Yeah. Because um, I mean, how often do you hear of a small business owner also offering an artist <laughs> residency program? Oh my god. For- I mean, the the thought behind it was number one, I don't want to be alone in the shop. So let's <laughs> let's create some community, right? Let's extend the community. And number two, it's so hard to figure out how to make space for yourself, not just physical space, but mental space while you are creating. And so I thought if I can create, if I can facilitate space creation for another maker in a way that will give them access to their own space, their own, I don't know, a room of one's own, I guess. Um, Wow, that's cool. I wish someone had done that for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, selfishly, it's company for me and it's community for me, but I also think that it's a way to grow the community and to be more connected with each other. And so right now, uh, my artist in residence is Andrea Green, as Chrissy said, and she's delightful. She's such a wonderful human. And I knew her fairly well when we started sharing space. You know, it's another relationship. It's another connection that has grown out of this community. And I think that's what I was looking for. And collaboration has come from your partnership in Mm -hmm. some of the products that she has designed as well. Yeah, yeah. And so part of it is, you know, she's printed Dalahorse tea towels that are sort of based on a print that Chrissy did for me too. So it's like rainbow dollar horses with hearts and it's a tea towel so anyone can use it and it's printed on cotton. And so it's sort of like everything is connected and everything works with everything else to elevate Everything. That was the worst paragraph, the worst (laughs) sentence. No, we all work together to help each other, to to lift each other up. Yeah. Well, and I'd love to talk about your product too then, because we mentioned the colors, the colors and the patterns. And um, Bergen, you list uh, a number of your artistic influences for this. And Chrissy, if you go to Earth Cadet's site, you can see some of these designs are available as just prints for your wall there. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just getting this on a piece of clothing. So I, if you could describe, because um, I'll, I'll, of course, link for everyone to all of our, our listeners to see your work. But if you could describe your work with words, um, how would you do so? I know that's a very large question, too, but you, I can't overstate the the fun of the colors and the patterns in your work, too. I think just unapologetically colorful and bold and and. geometric, like lots and lots of shapes, colors, unexpected pairings together is something that's really interesting that I think both of us like to work with pattern mixing and clashing and just something that I would talk to people about when they would enter the shop in um, Bergen's Lillibarn shop in like the middle of February or March was that entering the shop is the dopamine hit you need in the middle of our gray, gray winter. And I think that's what both of us strive to achieve. There's just, there should be something fun and playful about dressing yourself or dressing your house. It just provides like such a spark. And for me, it makes me very happy. 
why be boring, right? It's <laughs> a very good question. And that, that is different for everyone. And I know like my maximalist visual style doesn't work for everyone and that's okay. And you can be unboring and wear all black as long as you know you feel good and you're having fun and you know you are you feel your most authentic self for me that usually is expressed in bold visual prints and i think i've always been drawn to that and i i think a big part of that is my mom would drag us to art museum after art museum after art museum as kids and you know she's also a textile artist and so we'd always have art books and i think it's just a part of who I am. And so, you know, the bigger, the louder, the better. And also I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, when you see someone, when you see someone who feels confident and excited and happy and joyful, oftentimes it starts with what they put on their body. And it's such an expression of self. I wish everyone could experience that. And that's not necessarily through my clothes all the time. And that's fine. But I wish everyone could experience the joyfulness of dressing themselves in a way that feels the most authentic to them. And I think that's why part of why I started with baby clothes is these are beautiful little things that are coming into the world with so much optimism and life and spark and for me, I was like, I don't want to dress my baby in beige or pink or glitters. Like, let's let's create a world for these kids that where they can be whatever they want, where mm -hmm. they can dress however they want, where there are no limits on what matches with what or what restricts movements or, um, you know, what people think of you when you're wearing something. And I think that you know, Lillibarn means little child, and I've kept the name even though I've expanded into grown-up clothes because I think it embodies that feeling of being young and being hopeful and being happy and feeling just good. And play. And play. Yeah. Play. Well, and I think uh, one thing especially just uh, obviously I would say even in just the last 10 or 15 years, there's been that huge boom of people really trying to avoid gender stereotype clothing. And it's very difficult to do in the mass production side of things because either you're gender, gender stereotyping or you're getting, like you said, beige something that has no color to it. But color, an explosion of color is is non-gendered. It's, it's, you know, it's completely open and, and in, uh, inclusive of everything. So, I mean, you're not, you're not, you're encouraging a, a wider open range of, of perspective with all this color. I love color theory. I used to sell glasses and color theory was super important. So, or I was just a nerd, both. Um, but both the, can be true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But just the idea of colors bringing joy and happiness and also not creating an identity that has been determined by someone else too. Yeah. And everybody is in a different place in their journey. And we have people who come in and say, but do you have any boys clothes? And you know, that's when I can say, you know, I made these with the hope that any child can wear them. And along with that, everyone is different and mm -hmm. everyone has different preferences. And you know you know who you're buying for best. So I can recommend some things, but ultimately, you know, you get to make that choice. I would imagine people appreciate that though, when they, you, they come in and you say, these are made for everyone. I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all colors are for everyone. Yeah. And I think when we when we think back to what we expose children to at a very early age, you think about colorful children's books mm -hmm. and, you know, all of the impactful shapes and colors that we show children, why not dress them in those shapes as well and mm -hmm. those colors? And that's for everyone. They're 
non-gendered. They're not, they're, anybody can wear pink triangles and purple triangles and yellow ruffles and, and, and or anything that they want. And yeah. I think that's something that Bergen and I both share in our aesthetic and our mission is that the clothing is for everyone. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, let you mentioned, we've talked about how, you know, you've had a large focus on kid, kids clothing, but you both do offer clothing for adults as well. And, you know, Chrissy, just looking at your website and Bergen, just from my knowledge of events and pop-ups that you've done, you know, you clearly have a passion for not just making beautiful and engaging designs, but also, you know, for embracing self-identity in clothing in terms of the colors, the designs and the sizes too. You know, it seems to be a critical part of what you want to bring across in your work. You know, can you speak to just thinking outside of the outside the box when it comes to designing these pieces for for both kids and adults? I think that's that's something that we can offer as small businesses because we can really be mindful and thoughtful and inclusive. And also stick to things that are very important to us. We want everyone to be able to shop or as many people who possibly can to be able to shop and feel included in the clothing from the sizes, from the colors, from the the patterns, everything. That's That's a super important mission that we have. And I think something that we have worked on both of us improving and and being mindful of as well. Yeah, why why limit people based on body shape and body size or gender expression? There are so many people, different kinds of people who like to wear our clothes. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that that continues. You know, it's it's extra work, which, you know, you hear the big corporations saying like we can't do inclusive sizing because it costs money and people don't buy it and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's what I mean from being like, from being a smaller mindful company, we can make the choice that perhaps it might not economically make the most sense, but ethically and responsibly it does. So we get to weigh our, our responsibility over our return at the end of the year, because ultimately Yes, we want to make money and be successful businesses, but we also we're here for, I think, a greater purpose than that. I think it's more it it feels maybe this sounds silly, but it feels larger than that. Like it's like a like a calling. Is that weird? Well, it seems like it's kind of like an artist mentality. You know, (laughs) you talk to you talk to a lot of theater people. You know, I've talked to so many theater people that have started these businesses, and it seems like there's the sort of people where a lot of the time, the morals and the values come before the finance. You need the business to survive and you want to do well, but you're not sacrificing your morals for the sake of it. I mean, all artists want to make the world a better place, right? Maybe. Yeah. We're doing it. We're trying to. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're doing it with your creative outlet. Yeah. 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 And with a growth mindset in that we are growing and learning. So I think there's like every year, there's probably going to be something that we have learned from the previous year of how to do things better or how to be more responsible or how to be more open, more inclusive. I think perhaps that is like the the bright gem that we can offer is that we are open to the growth that we are learning from our customers, our community, the neighborhoods that we live in. I think that's what I think is really special about small business as a whole. Like, I think that that feels like something that most small businesses are thinking about. Do you have, um, is there a particular, uh, have you found Andersonville? I don't know, Bergen, your physical stores in Andersonville. Have you found Andersonville to be a neighborhood that's really embraced what you have to offer and especially those morals and those values besides just the quality of the clothing too? I think so. I think people come in and enjoy 
I mean, they verbally say that they enjoy the colors and, oh my gosh, what a breath of fresh air and this is so beautiful. And when we do talk about the fact that I make the clothes behind the wall, you know, 10 feet away. I like to call it micro-local. That's my it's favorite. that local. It's so local, it's like... So local, it's in my house. Yeah, yeah. And it's, right here. It's interesting because I, I, you know, I say on all of my marketing things, like, I'm the one, me and a small team make these things, but people are still blown away by the fact that, no, it actually takes place here. And so I think, you know, when we have conversations like that, people are really on board and enjoy learning about textiles. If someone is like, this is really soft, I'm like, yeah, that's tensile. Can I tell you about it? And they're like, oh, that's so cool. And so, you know, they also love that there are so many other brands in the shop. So Chrissy's stuff is in the shop. Andrea's stuff is in the shop. And then we worked really hard to source other women-owned businesses, primarily makers, to have a cohesive aesthetic that I think really brings it all together. Well, I know I remember one event that you had done, which was particularly exciting and um, looked so cool, was you did a um, plus-size fashion show. Um, can you talk about the designer that you worked with for that and just the process of putting that partnership together and that event together? Yeah, that was fun. And that, uh, you know, we have a close the mutual friend who brought us together has really been instrumental in us making plus size clothes. And so I have to, you know, thank her for continuing to push us forward. But she has said, you know, you need to do a plus size event. You need to let people know that this is available here and people will come because from her experience, you know, many people walk into a, a shop and can't find what they're looking for, or it's all the way in the back, or it's different from some of the other clothes. We wanted to keep that in mind for this event. And uh, so Chrissy brought all of her plus size stuff. I worked on new things. We also had Kate from Wolfka, which is another Chicago brand. And it I wish it was a fashion show. Maybe that will be next time. This was just a place. Let's make it a fashion right? show. I was going to say, why not? Totally I mean, excellent idea. Clark Street's like a, a runway. Um, but this was a chance for people to come in and see what's available and try things on and be able to shop with their friends uh, in a no-judgment environment. And also to, you know, let us know what they want or don't want. Yeah. And I think that was that was a really lovely way to to you know, say we, we are welcoming, you know, we are, we want, we welcome everyone. Yeah. And that a, a person can find possibly what they're looking for in the shop. I think oftentimes you can go into a small shop, a boutique, and not really assume that perhaps there's something that's offered for you to be able to know that this shop offers size inclusivity. I think it's just, it's important to get that message out and to, for people to know that that is something that both of our businesses are mindful of and working on and making sure that that's something that we can provide and can continue to grow with and learn with and support in the best way that we can. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, I love when small business owners generally are much more open to feedback and they're there to, yeah. to take it. You can put a suggestion, a comment in a suggestion box at, you know, a, a big chain, but this, mm -hmm. who, who's, who knows going to see it, you know? Right. And I think that's the, well, that's one of the fun things is when I'm working on new products, whether it's size inclusivity across the, the spectrum, it's getting people to try on clothes and how do these feel and what could be different? What could be better is, does this feel like a true size that you're used to? 
And so getting that feedback to make sure that it's just not us making things that we think are right, um, especially me not having a plus size body, getting the feedback from the people that are wearing the clothes who do have plus size bodies and making sure that it feels good mm -hmm. and that they feel as joyful as they want to um, since all colors are for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, yeah, and I know because you mentioned you make everything yourself, so you have to get that feedback. Uh, I mean, I love all those gorgeous photos of you sitting in front of a sewing machine with spools of <laughs> colorful threads above you. Uh, that's great pictures there. So then I guess, you know, my next question is just what's coming up with Lillibarn and Earth Cadets, you know, new designs, holiday plans, events. And then also, of course, what's in style right now, which for mm -hmm. you is always seems like everything color. You have your own style, too. But what's been popular? What's something that you found people are, are very intrigued by at the moment? People are really loving a print that Chrissy designed. I think I mentioned this. She's our in-house designer. So she designs most all of the fabrics right now that we are custom printing because she's amazing. And uh, it's hearts. It's just mm. hearts. And they're, it's my favorite color palette. It's called the Circus Color Palette that Chrissy created. And I love it because... This is sort of nerdy, but like hearts are a huge part of Nordic folk design, too. Mm -hmm. So I've always been drawn to hearts. They're beautiful. They're not super saccharine. They're super colorful. Anyone can wear them. So I think people are finding it super exciting to be able to be colorful, but also it's sort of a neutral. There's cream behind it. So it's not like you're walking out in like, you know, zebra stripes. But people have been buying a lot of those hearts for kids, which I love for all kids. And sometimes there are grown-ups who want to match their kids, or sometimes there's a grown-up who wants their own, you know, heart, beautiful heart thing. And so that is, it's really lovely when people like what you like. <laughs> it's so true. And I think that's what's really exciting about working with Bergen as her service designer is that I get to design what I like. And Oftentimes, Bergen will also like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. It feels like a really great, just a collaboration of, of working together. We worked on the hearts pattern for Valentine's Day, trying to think of sort of a neutrally Valentine's Day. But what's lovely about it is it is you can wear it all year long. And it's honestly, it, it's really cute for holiday time. Like, it's just, and it goes, what I love so much about this circus palette that we've developed is that it's really interchangeable with so many things in the store. So you can buy, you know, uh, a hearts sweatshirt and you can buy the checkered leggings. And then you can also mix and match that with other pieces in the store. So everything is sort of, that's really valuable to be able to provide. And it also allows us to provide value in gifting in I don't know, just a fun statement that we we have put together. Everything goes with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then it still does. It still does because you're the boss of yeah. what you See, put on. And I, 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 I'm going to come to I'm going to come to you for some color fashion advice, because growing up, uh, our whole thing was if you just wear dark blue, dark green or gray, you're you'll, you're fine. You know, that's the those colors will cover you have you have clothes on and they they're a color that fits in with everything. But I've been trying to expand into more color and it's it's intimidating sometimes oh, to know how sure. to use it. It really is. And I think it just honestly, like if you feel good, then it's going to look good. That's all that really matters. So like if like there's power clashing is wonderful, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just big, bold pattern on top big bold pattern below 
as long as you feel good in it, you can totally go out and a person will be like, yes, that works. I don't know why, but it works. Especially in Chicago. It's yeah. Chicago. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm a fan of no rules, right? Like growing up, you don't wear pink and red together or you oh, don't wear navy, ever. navy and black together. And <laughs> yeah. pink and red is one of my favorite color combinations of all time. And I think navy and black are stunning together. And so I think, you know, let's forget these rules about who can wear what and what's flattering and what colors go together and just put on your body what feels good. Like Chrissy said, you are the boss of what you wear and you can wear anything (laughs) as long as you feel good in it. I'm going to have to explore some more pink and uh, pink and reds. <gasps> pink now. and red. I, I don't can totally see that pink. for you. I, I don't love have that. a lot of pink and red. Let's you know, you journey. could wear that shirt that you're wearing right now with just like uh, like a pink undershirt. I mean, I love pink. Pink yeah. is always my favorite color. Yeah. I discovered uh, I got a pink T-shirt and black shorts and I I, was, I felt awesome. Yeah. I was like, look Let's at me, go all, for it. Look at yes. me all matched up. I, love I don't that. even know if that's matched. But um, well, so what kind of uh, any events coming up? Any any new uh, designs, holiday things uh, you'd like our listeners to know about? Yes. Yeah, so we, um, depending on when this airs, we have show of hands. Um, that is the November 17th through 19th at the Color Club. Then I have an event. We're doing a small business Saturday event at the shop. Yes. Saturday, November 25th. Yep. So the shop is officially one year old oh. on Small Business Saturday. Isn't that awesome? I know. And so we're having a big party and having treats from DeFlower in my favorite Chicago bakery and fun things and giveaways and so much joy. Uh, what else? Um, there will be also that weekend, there's a Chicago artisan um, market that is on Ravenswood that's happening that small business weekend. Um, and then I will be doing a pop-up at Lillibarn, November, I mean, December 9th and 10th. I believe those are the dates. We're going to do like an Earth Cadets takeover. And from there, it's just do your holiday shopping. Bergen's also traveling for a show. Yeah, I'm going to Nashville for a show. Yeah, just shop local, people. Yeah. I mean, we, um, and of course, we encourage, we have our uh, Andersonville every Friday night in December is our shop and dine. So you do sort of a shopping happy hour. Uh, we say from like four to six, four to seven. A lot of our stores are going to be having special releases or doing some kinds of promos or having parties and events uh, and then grab a nice meal with your friends and family after your shopping happy hour. Yeah. Um, Well, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Uh, Last thing is just where can our listeners find you? Uh, You know, addresses, social media, website, all the good stuff. So for me, this is Chrissy. I am earthcadets.com. That's E-A-R-T-H-C-A-D-E-T-S.com. And you can find me on all social platforms at Earth Cadets. And then you can also find some of my goods at Lillibarn Shop and Studio. <laughs> Which is located at 5535 <laughs> North Clark Street in Andersonville, Chicago, 60640. Uh, theater kids forever. That's good. Um, That's good. Always performing. Uh, always. Always be performing. Uh, you can find us online, lillabarn.com. That's L-I-L-L-A-B-A-R-N. Uh, and social media is also Lillabarn Clothing, at Lillabarn Clothing. Um, yeah. And you both have online stores mm-hmm. as well. We do. Yes. Great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You will find us online. And then just to add to the theater kit, if you need a drama club t-shirt, just head on over to Lillibarn. <laughs> I saw that on your website. <laughs> I almost mentioned that because I was just like, oh, man, the yeah. good old days. Oh. Drama club. We didn't drama. have a care in the world. I think I'm going to say 76% of Chicago is an ex-theater kid. 
So all started small businesses. Or supports supports small businesses or works for small businesses. I think that's yeah. just like yeah. that thread of creativity brings everyone it's together. Definitely a common through line in our episodes. Well, I came here to study theater and yep, then yeah. Yep, yep. Like calls to like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like paying rent and eating food. Yeah, so that's funny. That's like required. Too. I want to yeah. make things but also make money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, thank you again for being here. Thank it's you. been such a joy talking to you. Um, again, you can find Lillibarn and Earth Cadets on all of their social media platforms and keep an eye out on all of their social media for upcoming events, designs, trends, pop-ups, all that good stuff. And thank you very much, Chrissy and Bergen. Thank you so thank much. Thank you.